Focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, welcome to our week nine podcast. This is week nine review, week ten preview. This is Processing College Football, the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain. I'm Jason Randazza. As I said last week, your college football question mark. And then I have Mark Catlin here, co-host and college football exclamation point. Um, Every week we process the highlights of the college football world and I make Mark explain everything I don't understand. And this week he's actually explaining something you folks don't understand because somebody uh, actually asked us to define something and uh, it's the coverages uh, so I, I think that phrase is right. We've all kind of heard a little bit before cover zero with a bunch of or cover something with a number. Uh, and this is some type of defense as I understand it. Um, but Mark, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm uh, well rested after the bye week. <laughs> you did have a bye. So um, I expect you to be in, in top form right now. Yeah. Very so cool. might need to knock, uh, off, knock off a little rust, but you know, feel it. <laughs> sure. Right. Uh, so w- yeah, uh, our listener asked us to define the coverages. Do you know what I'm talking about when I when I ask you to define that? Yeah. So uh, defensive coverages uh, refer to basically how the secondary uh, covers wide receivers or the defense as a whole. Linebackers get involved and all that, but you'll hear on television. You'll hear announcer talk about. Cover zero, cover one, cover two, cover three, maybe cover four. Uh, all the way up to 11. <laughs> all the way up to 11, which would be interesting. Um, I mean, it, it could go to like cover six, maybe like a cover seven type thing. But then you're starting to just really combine some of the other coverages. But um, there's a lot of different combinations of how you could do this. I think the easiest way to understand... Uh, the coverage is to understand what is happening with the safeties or in the deep zone uh, of the field. How how is the defense covering uh, the deep pass? I think is the easiest way to understand what the coverages are. So, for example, cover zero means that you have zero people covering the deep zone and kind of zone defense. You have your safeties are up. Uh, the people who would normally be back are up near the line of scrimmage to defend the run and then your corners and people who are covering wide receivers uh, they're just in man coverage meaning they're not mm-hmm. covering a part of the field uh, they're just going to follow the guy that they're assigned to they're going to follow around and cover him in man coverage so cover zero there's nobody back there it's uh, kind of the uh, we either think that we're going to blitz and get to your quarterback before he can throw it deep or we just don't think that you can uh, get past our corners and so we're going to bring people up uh, to stop the run and trust that our corners can cover. Cover one uh, is... Uh, Wait, have... so basically if somebody does make it past, then it's the corner's responsibility to cover the deep parts of the field. Right. Well, they're not covering the parts of the field. They're just covering if the wide receiver runs to the deep mm-hmm. part of the field. Yeah, they have their wide receiver. They're covering that guy. Uh, okay. So there might not be a wide receiver that goes deep. 
Um, but if there is... And so those guys just got to take a play off. They just kind of chill out. Uh, who gets to chill out? The corners. Oh, no, just no, kind of stand there. They got to Take a coffee break. Oh, no, so, okay. So man covered, they're doing something no matter what. Oh, right. Uh, so if they're covering, if they're assigned to a wide receiver, they're going to follow him all over the field, whether he goes just uh, you know, out in the flats or he goes deep uh-huh. down the field or he crosses over the middle. He's following him wherever he goes. But there's but just if, no safety help over the top, so to speak. So I see. if the wide receiver gets by him, there's nobody back there to help him out. I uh, see. So there's cover zero. There's zero people back there covering, uh, helping out um, the deep part of the field. Cover one is you have one safety uh, in the back, and he kind of covers that whole zone. So he's kind of roaming free. And so if you have a wide receiver, uh, the corner's got him in man coverage. You have a wide receiver who gets by his corner. That safety's back there kind of as a last line of defense to make sure that he can cover that guy. Um, So cover one, you have one safety covering the whole field uh, kind of in the deep zone. Cover two is basically the field's divided into two. Mm -hmm. Two safeties back. And one safety covers one half the field. The other safety covers the other half the field as far as the deep zone is concerned. Uh, then cover three is thirds coverage. You have one safety that usually covers uh, the deep middle part of the field uh-huh. uh, between the hashes. And then uh, corners will actually go back into zone coverage. And when the ball snaps, they'll immediately backpedal. And they have uh, the deep uh, sides. So you have the safety hash to hash. And then each... Uh, hash mark to sideline uh, the corner has that deep part of the field so they actually immediately back up they're not in man coverage they're covering a deep part of the field and then what would happen is linebackers would usually cover uh, the underneath area uh, the shorter passes and things like that then in cover four uh, and should be a surprise at this point is the field divided up into quarters mm-hmm. so both safeties are back they kind of have the the middle two quarters the middle half of the field and then you have uh, the corners will go back and cover uh, the side quarters, if you will. And this is, when you see cover four, it's typically what somebody might call like a prevent defense in common language. Because everybody. Oh, what? Tra- prevent defense. Oh, okay, maybe. sure. Oh, maybe it's the term we need to define. But everybody's dropping back. And it's basically, you're going to let them have the underneath pass, you're going to let them have the short passes. But you just don't want to get, get beat deep. So if you're – a lot of teams will do this if you're up toward the end of the game um, and the team has to score a touchdown and they have to do it very quickly, then you'll let them, you know, throw passes underneath because they can't get that far and they'll run the clock. Uh, but you just don't want to beat them. You just want to don't want to get beat deep uh, and give up the touchdown to lose the game. So those coverages um, are the main coverage, I think, that we've had. Or that you'll, so, that you'll see. And so, essentially, to go back to, I mean, the zero, one, two, three, four is how the deep part of the, the field is covered. Uh, zero, nobody's deep mm-hmm. to cover that straight man coverage. But if your man goes back there, you go with him. It's just you're not mm-hmm. covering part of the field. Cover one, you have one safety back covering the whole deep part of the field. Two, two safeties back, half the field. Three, cover three, three safeties, or th- not three safeties, but three guys back in. They cover a third of the field each. Then cover four. Uh, the field's divided up into quarters. So you have four defensive backs covering uh, the back part of the field. All right. So if if 
a quarterback though sees somebody and them he can tell if they're doing cover two or three well based on whether or not a bunch of players just start running backwards uh yeah so i mean this is where it gets more complicated now you're asking more complex questions in terms of uh, i can save them i'm just wondering why if a quarterback saw that why he wouldn't be like well i'm just handing it off then you know because that's that's why you have things like rpos right so uh, the run pass option, which we pure communism. All right, <laughs> that's what, like they have RPOs, um, is so that the quarterback can read what's going on instead of just calling a play. The quarterback sees and they try to read what the defense is doing. Now you can tell a lot about what the defense is doing based on where they line up before the snap. The often offenses will do motion to see also. Hey, is that guy in man coverage? Is he going to follow that guy across? The, oh, this the is field, like a kind of stuff. last year's title game where Tua was like trying to look them off. They yeah, were in yeah. cover two, I think. That's what they see. There you go. Exactly. I remember. So the Tua passes cover two. Now that's supposed to be able to. Uh, that's that's safety help over each side of the field, uh, and you're not really supposed to be able to get that deep pass. Tua just had an incredible throw. He looked off the safety, and so he held that safety. If you notice, there were two guys back deep, but he held yeah. that safety in the middle because he knew his wide receiver was going deep down the sideline. So wide receiver beats the corner. Uh, since he held the safety over here, that guy's not over there to help. Tua hits the ball deep and touchdown. Threads so, that needle. Threads the yeah. needle. So, um, but yeah, so offenses will do a lot of things to try to figure out what coverage you're in. Because in different coverages, different parts of the fields are, are, are going to be vulnerable. Uh, so in a cover zero, if you have time and they're not blitzing, then maybe you try to go deep. But if they are blitzing, then you might want to try to get a quick pass off. Um, in cover one, the deep part of the field, you just got one guy back there. So if you have two wide receivers on different sides of the field running deep, that might be open. You might look for that. Uh, and so you do have those sorts of things happening. Now, where it gets complicated is, you know, what kind of coverage is uh, are, are the linebackers in underneath those guys? Uh, what if they give a look as if they're in a man coverage, but then the guys back up and suddenly they're in zone after you snap the ball? That's where I think people like Nick Saban and good defensive coaches know how to mask and disguise what defense they're in before the snap. And then you'll see guys move, and the design is to confuse the quarterback. The quarterback pre, pre-snap is thinking, oh, they're in a cover two or cover three. But then people shift after the snap, and they're no longer in zone, they're in man. Or they're no longer in man, they're in zone. And then that's when the quarterback has decided, I'm going to throw over here because of the coverage I saw. And then maybe they throw an interception or get confused or sacked or whatever. Um, but all that is more complicated. Sure. But as far as the coverages go, when you hear an announcer say cover zero, one, two, or three is most likely what they're going to say, then they're really referring to the coverage is named for how the deep part of the field is being covered in, in uh, against the pass. Mm. So. All right. Well, I appreciate you explaining that. We'll dive a little bit deeper. Should anyone have any lingering questions, which of course I do, but I'm not going to ask them right now because we got a lot to talk about. Now, it's a big week in college football because tonight, actually shortly after we record, we usually record on a Tuesday and then I edit on Wednesday and it's posted on Wednesday. So they are going to reveal the first college football playoff rankings. The committee is going to 
tell us kind of what they think, who deserves to be in the top four and get a playoff spot. Uh, we are going to go into that a little bit, but I want to go over week nine first so that we can have kind of all of the data thus far before we make our guesses about who will get those playoff spots. But um, before we move on, let me just reiterate, if you have questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to discuss or terms you want us to define, send them in. Tweet at us at ProcessingCFB or email us ProcessingCollegeFootball at gmail.com. So, Mark, you want to talk week nine? Let's do it. Let's cover it. All right. It. <laughs> Let's cover, cover it. <laughs> All right. This would be We're going to uh, cover nine or something. So I'll be honest. Uh, Alabama had a bye week this week. Auburn had a bye week this week. I took a little bit of a college football bye week. So I did not sit uh, and watch a whole lot of games. I caught up a little bit uh, and caught some snippets here and there, uh, but I'm not going to have a whole lot of uh, intelligent things to say. Well, that's no different. I'm not going to have a whole lot of words to say. So, But let's talk uh, some of these games. So we had number nine, Florida, playing at number seven, Georgia. Final score here was 36-17 to 17 Georgia. So I predicted actually Florida to win this game, and they actually kept it close. I don't know that they were ever really leading, but they kept it close. There was some doubt going into this whether or not they were going to pull Jake Fromm uh, as a quarterback and give it to his backup, whose name eludes me right now, um, just because he hasn't been particularly impressive all season. But uh, it seemed like... His performance here seemed to dissuade that line of thinking. Uh, Throws for three touchdowns this game, 17 of 24, 240 yards. Um, So props to him. On the other side, however, Felipe Franks is just looking a little amateurish. Throws one touchdown, um, which uh, Georgia really makes count, and uh, you can't turn them all over. So uh, that's kind of the notes that I took on this game. Georgia, maybe... Uh, the real deal. Maybe they got one of those those playoff spots. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's it's possible. Uh, they also might be on the outside looking in. I think the QB name you're looking for is Justin Fields. That's the one. The he's a freshman. He is a he's a freshman, uh, and kind of, uh, by all accounts, has been impressive. But uh, Jake Fromm has struggled, which isn't too abnormal. You know, the sophomore slump is is what they call this. People have tape on you. They practice for you. They prepare. Uh, they know your tendencies, and so if you can adjust and you can uh, get there. But, um, you know, and they got to the championship game last year, and so people are going to be uh, excited to play him, prepare, prepare a little extra for him. I mean, I don't know. This game went about uh, how I expected, as you all know from last week when I told mm-hmm. you what would happen. Uh, sure. My, my prediction, you predicted this my, down to the number. <laughs> yeah, my predictions last year, last week were perfect. Spot on. Uh, Didn't get a single thing wrong. Not a single thing. Uh, but, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it is interesting. Uh, Georgia, at the beginning of the year, to me, looked like the most well-rounded team. But, man, they've really shown some weaknesses and just not – they're just not as strong uh, as they looked at the beginning of the year. And Drake from something has been a huge part of that. Um, so, it, it, yeah, but Florida and Felipe Franks, you know, they kind of showed – a lot of their ineptitude as well. So we'll see. I mean, you know, it sets up, you know, the showdown, I think, this this weekend, I think, for the SEC uh, East division, mm-hmm. winner, right? Uh, Georgia, oh, yeah. Kentucky. 
It was so, a big deal this weekend. Um, you know, I think that's the story coming out of this game is it sets up the showdown with Georgia and Kentucky for the, for the East, which is kind of wild. But yeah, that's about it from that. All right. So let's talk number 18, Iowa, playing at number 17, Penn State. I had predicted Iowa to win this one. Penn State won, however. Iowa was driving at the very end, and I thought they really had this one in the bag, but they did not. And it's not like Penn State was looking particularly good. Uh, Trace McSorley actually uh, gets some sort of knee injury, but he makes it back out onto the field by the end of the game. But in the part of the game he did play, completed 11 of his 25 pass attempts, uh, about uh, 150 yards. Um, I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, of course, <laughs> for Iowa, I think their quarterback completed maybe like 40% of his passes, so they weren't looking so hot either. Um, I, I guess a lot of people probably predicted Penn State was the better team than Iowa, but Iowa is kind of the more unexpected team kind of sitting here at this ranking, so I was, I was really cheering for them. But, uh, yeah, again, I saw maybe 20 minutes of this game. Yeah, I saw a little bit of this game, and I mean, the it seemed like the Trace McSorley injury was something real serious. I don't, I don't know if you were watching when, when this all went down, but like uh, he went to the tent and then walked to like the kind of. I mean, he didn't walk into the stands, but he walked to the railing, and I guess it was his. Dad yeah, he had like a family member or something yeah, out there. I yeah, I didn't have audio where I was, um, but the visual was like, man, it seems like you know he's like consoling him, like his. His season's over, maybe his career's over, and then he goes back out of the field. So it was, it was kind of interesting. So what what exactly was the injury? But because if they, I mean if they lose him, they lose uh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, for them, but he came back. They won. The game as a whole seemed pretty boring. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, I I, I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but um. We'll, I guess we'll probably see Penn State rise in the rankings, but they're nowhere near a playoff spot. So who really gives a crap? <laughs> see you later, Nittany Lions. All right. Let's talk. All right. We have number 16, Texas A&M, going to Starkville, play Mississippi State, who was unranked. Mississippi State wins this 28 28- to 13 this was i think very unexpected uh because we had assumed basically all season long that mississippi state was extremely one-dimensional and really uh nick fitzgerald not a great quarterback uh early on in the season they had him throw the ball a lot that seemed to be a mistake uh and uh and Coach Moorhead decided, hey, uh, I'm just going to let him run the ball. And that seemed to be working out pretty well until, I guess, people figured it out. But this game, he throws 14 passes on 22 attempts. So he completes them for 241 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so I don't know where that came from. Maybe Texas A&M just doesn't have great pass defense. But he looked pretty good in this game. And he did more than enough. He got, you know, like between handing it off I'm sorry, not handing it off. Between throwing two touchdowns, he also ran two in. So basically, he accounted for, I think, all of their points. Yeah. Um, he didn't kick the ball. So he, <laughs> he counted for 24 of the points. So I don't know. Mississippi State uh, just robbed Alabama of maybe their best win of the season so far. Um, 
Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. Alabama's got a game this weekend. It's pretty good. And they'll play yeah. Mississippi State. You know, I mean, Alabama's schedule sets up nicely because it's it's tough to play at Mississippi State, which is what Texas A&M had to do. Uh, but, you know, we get Mississippi State at home, uh, which will be different. So, I mean, I hope they're playing better. It'll be fun, but I just don't, I don't think they'll have a chance to get against Bama and Tuscaloosa. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised that Texas A&M didn't show up a little bit better in this game. I mean, it is a tough atmosphere, but I don't know. Um, I would have thought Texas A&M would have won this. Not necessarily really easily, but, I don't know, never in question. But, man, to... Uh, mm-hmm. To only score that many. Now, Mississippi State's defense is very good. I think they're uh, ranked six nationally uh, in yards a game, I think. And so uh, they are a good defense, but I don't know. I expect a little more from AM. So maybe uh, the Bamman Bulldogs, it'll be, a, it'll be a good showdown. Could be exciting, especially if Nick's, Nick Fitzgerald is uh, running and throwing well. Could be a good one. Yeah. Uh, he might as well just have been the only player out there. Um. All right. They then did, we had. They did need a kicker for those other four points. So that's true. All right. Uh, then we had number two Clemson playing at FSU. Final score here: fifty-nine to ten, Clemson. So th- this was seen as a statement win. I don't understand why exactly. No one really believes that FSU is a good team this year. Uh, but I guess the extent to which Clemson won is really the statement. Um, Trevor Lawrence looked really good. Um, completion percentage, not the best, but he threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, and I mean, this is maybe evidence of how good Clemson is, but also evidence of how far FSU has fallen that they weren't able to do more in this game. Uh, their 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 bowl streak is really in jeopardy at this point. Uh, not that this was ever going to be the game that uh, <laughs> put them over the top. Yeah, but. I think they had this down as a W. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean Clemson is you know on an upward trajectory. Florida State is uh, not. And I think Trevor Lawrence, you know, it's uh, it looks like that was the right choice. And passing attack is is looking good for the Tigers. So. Uh, maybe I've got him in my top four. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I hope so. They're undefeated. Yeah, definitely don't have Florida State in the top four. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So then we had number 14, Washington State, playing at Stanford, ranked number 24 at the time. Final score here, I was very close. It was 41 to 38. However, Wazoo wins this one. Uh, I picked Wazoo to lose by three, and they won by three. Uh, Again, this is nutty, but Washington State is even more solidified as the last hope for the Pac-12, keeping the dream alive. And maybe Stanford recognized that, and they're like, you know what, we have no chance, but uh, save yourself, Washington State. Uh, And Cougars did it. So... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty wild, but Washington State is Pac-12's last hope, which is great. And uh, who knows? They could be in my top four. I, I'd love to see them in the playoff. Uh, they might be in my top four, too. I think I said last year that Washington State was my, my Pac-12 team. Um, just as far as liking them, I don't think I ever actually believed that they would be doing this well. Anyway. Uh, then we had Notre Dame playing against Navy, and 
basically all I said about this game in the brief mini pod preview was that I did not believe Notre Dame would cover 24 points. And guess what? They didn't. Uh, 44 to 22 was the final score. Uh, the only other game I want to talk about here is UAB. UAB played UTEP. UTEP, as I said, was winless. And UAB uh, made sure that they, they kept that, that record going. This puts UAB at 7-1. and one. Uh, This was a 19 to nothing shutout, their third shutout of the season. Um, I, I don't know. They're pretty unbelievable. Uh, I was just telling you before the show that if, if they beat Texas A&M in a couple of weeks, they're, they're breaking into that, that rankings as well, as long as they don't lose to a stupid team in the meantime. But they're not going yeah, to. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, they're getting votes for uh, top 25 consideration, which is, is pretty amazing. And one lost team, maybe I have them in my top four. Who knows? <laughs> Just quick, around the world in college football this week, we also had Northwestern knocking off Wisconsin and solidifying their place as the Big Ten West leader. No kidding. Uh, Kentucky beat Missouri, kind of. There was a questionable pass interference call. uh, (laughs) They basically gave them a play after time had run out. They end up getting a touchdown to bring the score to 15-14. Uh, we do like to say on this podcast that players really need to play all 60 minutes, but in Missouri's case, they had to play just a little bit longer than that. Um, so, uh, in the Pac-12, things continue to look strange. Washington drops a weird one to Cal, 12-10. to We already knew that there were some issues with Washington on offense, but that was just reinforced here. Oregon, weeks ago, flying high, uh, really thought that maybe they had a playoff uh, chance, but lose to Arizona, 44-15. to Then we had USF dropping a game to Houston, their first one of the season. And I have good news, Mark. What's that? Texas is officially back because they lost a stupid one. And uh, I think that's what Texas does. Everybody says Texas is back, like back to being good. But I think really their average is losing dumb games like this to teams like Oklahoma State. Um, So I I feel confident saying they're back. The Pokes, that's a reference to Oklahoma State. The Pokes are... uh, they're good for one wild upset in, uh, in Stillwater a year, and I think this was this was theirs. Texas just happened to be the victim of it. It's a it's a fun atmosphere to watch a game in. Um, I mean, to I mean, I've never been there, but it looks like it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it gets it gets pretty wild when they feel the upset coming in Texas. They keep storming back. Uh, sure, they, no, it was within three. This is exactly how they beat Oklahoma. Yeah, so so. Um, yeah, it's uh, Texas is out. Sad. See you long. Well, ones. maybe they're a two-loss team. They could be in. Uh, they could be in my top my, four. I guess you mean. My top four. All right. Before we preview this upcoming week, why don't we t- talk a little bit about the college football playoff rankings and where we think uh, teams will be? So, what I want to do before we actually give our current top four plus two on the outside looking in. Uh, I want to review what you and I said at the beginning of the season. Now, to be fair, this was in our overreaction segment, which is really just me kind of creating excuses for my terrible predictions here. I I don't think I remember what I said. 
so much. Well, you're, you're going to hear. Uh, so my predictions were in the number one spot, could still be the case, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Number two, Georgia. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Wisconsin. And then on the outside looking in, I had Alabama. But then I also had Notre Dame, which, you know, I think was Prussian for me. Yeah, so yeah, that's, that's very good. Yeah, so I whiffed on Wisconsin. Uh, we'll see how Georgia looks. Uh, Ohio State, uh, I don't know, looks like a paper tiger. Uh, but we'll see. Anyway, your top picks. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Alabama. Yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Ohio State. Oof. Oklahoma, Yikes. Auburn, Ugh. Wisconsin. That's all terrible. Now, here's the funny thing, though. When we talked about this, uh, I actually jokingly said, I think, uh, I think I might have said Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and then I said Virginia Tech, just because Tech had that really good win in Week One, uh, and. And you're like, oh, I didn't realize that we were doing an alternate universe. Let me give mine again. And you started to give yours. And do you know what you had in the alternate universe? You didn't go through all four, but you went through two. You had LSU and Notre Dame. So let's hope we're not living in that alternate universe because that could portend bad things for this weekend. (laughs) In some form or fashion. (laughs) All right. So why don't you hit me with your, your current top four plus two? Yeah, so current top four, I have Bama, LSU, Georgia, and Kentucky. What? It's a joke, Jason. Oh. It's just, it's just the SEC. Uh, <laughs> Took me a second. All um, right. Yeah, so then on the outside looking in, I have your Virginia Tech Hokies. Sure. Um, top four, I've got Bama. Yep. I have one. Clemson. At mm-hmm. two, then um, I had Notre Dame at three. It's just I don't know the the undefeateds. I feel like I had to put up there, and uh-huh. then I've got LSU at four. Ah oh, shit! Um, I'm sorry. Pardon my language. <laughs> I'll have to mark this one explicit. That's my same top four. Oh, that's not good. All um, right. On the outside looking in. Uh, Should I guess? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Oklahoma. No. 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 Okay. Who's your sixth? Wazoo. Uh, no, my UAB. Six. UAB. My six is the Southside Dragons. UAB. <laughs> uh, no, my I mean my six is Georgia. Okay. All right. So in your top six, you have three SEC teams. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it'll all be it'll all be sorted out. Alabama plays LSU this weekend. Sure. Most li- I mean, LSU and or Alabama will likely play Georgia in the CC title. It'll all it'll all sort itself out. But yeah. I mean, that, that makes the most sense to me. Um, the three undefeateds at the top, and I mean, I think you could uh, you could change the order if you think Alabama hasn't really played anybody. You might not put Alabama one. I think that would make sense. But when you look at how Alabama has beat these teams. Um, I think you have to take that in, into consideration. I'm not sure if Clemson's really played anybody. Notre Dame may have the best resume of the undefeateds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think you could throw the top three in any order. I, 
you know, what is the playoff committee going to say tonight? I mean, I think they could put Notre Dame. I doubt they'll put Alabama anywhere but one. Uh, I wouldn't, but it, maybe. Uh, yeah. Notre Dame. I think you could sw- switch Notre Dame and Clemson maybe. But then LSU, as far as the one-loss teams, I just think they have the best resume with their wins. Um, and so, yeah, I don't uh, – then after that, Michigan is looking more impressive – uh, uh-huh. As the season goes on, I feel like they're a growing team. They're one loss being to Notre Dame. Uh, and then Georgia, I mean, I don't know. Georgia and Oklahoma are kind of the same to me. I think that, yeah, that so, next spot is, is Georgia and Oklahoma, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you could make the case that, I mean, Georgia, I don't know. I th- you might be able to make the case for Oklahoma. I still think Georgia's a better overall team. Then after sure. that, I just don't, I don't know that anybody else is really in the conversation right now. Ohio State after they lost to Purdue. If you wanted to throw UCF as another undefeated in there, I guess you could do that. Um, maybe Wazoo, although it just that just feels weird. Maybe that's the only sure. reason I wouldn't have them up there. Uh, but I think your, your top six would have to be the top four we gave Michigan – and then either Georgia or Oklahoma. So, yeah, I had what's, Oklahoma what's your, rounding out my so top six. So, what's your six. case for Oklahoma over Georgia? Um, you know, they lost to Texas, and Texas is back. <laughs> no, they have one loss. It was by three points. Um, I, uh, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that the committee's like honestly just not going to put three SEC teams in the top six. Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, LSU did very handily beat Georgia. I mean, I, I could see that. Um, but I think LSU, uh, yeah, I think on the the style point. I mean, Oklahoma was down big. They came storming back uh-huh. uh, to make it the three points, and maybe had a chance to win at the end. Whereas LSU very much just handily beat Georgia uh, from the get go, and Georgia really never made it that close. So, I mean, I could see that. I just think LSU is a better team than Texas. Um, so well, I, I did it that I, way. But. I mean, I I think most people would agree with you. I don't know. So, I think that's good. We'll I, mean, I, I think that's the top seven, you know, uh, sure. some, in some order, those teams. So, it'll be interesting to see what the, what the committee chooses to emphasize uh, All right. tonight. But, you know, whatever they do, if it's different from us, Obviously, they're wrong. A hundred percent. I mean, we just told them what their rankings are. Basically. They're going Fact, to turn it into the show. They're and, listening in. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, I, I have them as consultants on the show. Uh, so uh, I'm consultant on their their playoff picks. Um, all right. Do you want to talk week 10? Let's talk week 10. Let's do it. All right. First, we have number one Alabama. A 14-point favorite at LSU, ranked number four, 8 p.m. on CBS. This is the most stressful game of the season so far, next to Alabama-Louisville. Um, <laughs> what do you think will happen in this game? What's your score prediction? Oh, man. Uh, we're not going to talk about it at all, huh? Um yeah, I, I mean, 14 points is a lot. 
uh, I think the the story of the game is going to be Tua versus that secondary. Tua has uh-huh. a final pick this year. LSU leads the country with 14 interceptions. Uh, that's just a lot of interceptions. Um, I think LSU probably gets a pick in this game because we'll throw it a lot. Um, Devin White's out for LSU on defense for the first half. Don't know if you've heard that storyline anywhere. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, I right. So basically, for those who don't know, LSU was playing. Who were they playing against? Tennessee. Who were they playing against? Was it Mississippi State? I think it was Mississippi State. Yeah. So Devin White uh, ostensibly create like. Uh, it was targeting, right? Yep. He was called on targeting. The call, when you look at it, seems extremely questionable. Uh, you and I have talked about uh, how these tar- targeting calls can be problematic, and this was in the second half. So this uh, removes him from uh, the rest of that game, and then it removes him from the first part of this game, and he's what, – what's his position there? Devin White is an inside linebacker. Yeah, kind of their star player. Uh, on defense so this is a big loss especially going against Alabama the biggest game they'll have all season even if they do make it to the playoffs so there's been all sorts of I guess advocacy rallying or whatever to try to get that call overturned Uh, so far nobody has seemed to have the appetite to do that but uh, that's kind of where we are so, yeah, with all that going on, it should be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's a bummer that he's not in the game. I'd like LSU to be at full strength. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, even though it's at LSU, I think I think Tua and our wide receivers really are that good. They've had a week to kind of get healed up from some bumps and bruises. I think Alabama's going to cover. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be something – we're not going to score as many points – uh, mm-hmm. as, as we have been, but I think it'll be something like 38 to 17. Oh, I have 35 17. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we All right. miss a field goal. That would make sense. You, um, you should note that this is maybe the first time all season I've had Alabama covering, so this might be bad news for Alabama. <laughs> so I changed my mind. LSU wins this game. Um, all right, then we have number seven, Georgia, playing against. Uh, one-loss Kentucky team playing for the SEC East title, essentially. Um, so Georgia is favored by about nine and a half points. This is a three thirty game on CBS, so you can turn, tune into this one and just watch, just watch nothing but eight hours of SEC football. Um, I don't know. I I like Kentucky's defense, uh, and I like that one player they have on offense. Um, and then I don't know. I I think that they I think they win this one. Forty-one to three. Who do you have winning this game? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I don't think Kentucky has scored a combined total of forty-one points all season. Truth be told. Um, no, this is, this is going to be a sad day because Kentucky is, I don't know, really happy to be kind of where they are in the season. Nobody expected it. Maybe in a hundred years, nobody expected it. Um, has Kentucky ever been ranked this high in since like, I don't know, 20 years? Yeah. I don't know. That'd be an interesting thing to look up. I think they lose this game. I think they lose it big. I think yeah, Georgia I, wins it like 42 to 
I don't know, 14 maybe. Yeah, I think Georgia's going to trounce them. Um, it seems weird that, that they're only nine and a half point favorites. I, d- I don't understand this line at all. I never yeah, do. Uh, I think, I mean, I think Georgia wins uh, 41-10. Okay. All right, then we have West Virginia playing at Texas. I have Texas still ranked six. Is that possible? I don't think so. All right. Maybe my rankings on these are all off, so I apologize if that's the case. Uh, Needless to say, they're both ranked. Um, I would love to see West Virginia win this one. I like Will Greer. Um, And Sam Ellinger, I think... Uh, I think he he listened to the podcast last year. We gave him some feedback. He corrected, um, but since then I think he's stopped listening. So I don't know. I'm gonna have West Virginia winning this one. Let's just say thirty twenty four. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with. I think Texas Texas wins by a field goal, twenty seven twenty four. All right, then we have number three ranked Notre Dame at Northwestern. I don't know if Northwestern's ranked or not, but Notre Dame should be warned that Northwestern is the Big Ten West leader right now. So this is not going to be a cakewalk. They are predicted to win by about eight points. Uh, you know, it's funny because I think after Notre Dame played, what, Virginia Tech or something, they're like, well, this is, you know, smooth sailing until the end of the year. They have nobody else that they're going to play, uh, dismiss, dismissing Northwestern. So maybe they will see that as some sort of motiv- motivation. And actually, Syracuse, they still have left on their schedule, and Syracuse has looked pretty decent yeah. too. So <sighs> Notre Dame might struggle here. They might have um, – a little bit of a gauntlet to run here to actually get into the playoffs, which of course they won't. Um, I think they drop this one to Northwestern. I'm just making all the bold predictions. You think Notre Dame drops this to Northwestern? That's interesting. Oh yeah. Uh, no, I think the Irish win this. I think it is going to be close because that's just the way that uh, Northwestern plays games. Uh, it'll be close. It'll be low scoring. Uh, I think Notre Dame covers though ultimately. Uh, something like 21 to 10. All right. Then we have number 25, Stanford, at number f- 15, Washington. I really am not convinced these rankings are proper, but whatever. Uh, Washington's favored by nine and a half points, which is uh, just a half a point under what they scored last week. This is a 9 p.m. game on the Pac-12 network. Pac-12 network, which I do not have, but it just seems funny to me because they have a ranked versus ranked game here. Uh, but they're like, you know what? You're not going to watch it anyway. We'll just put it on the Pac-12 network. Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting one to try to predict. I feel like both these teams have lost games that they shouldn't have. Uh, they're having down seasons. Um and yeah, all these rankings are totally wrong, but um, the I'm gonna go with the cardinal. You know that you just you gotta go with the cardinal yeah. on this one. Um, Washington. I mean, if, if, this past week they were so inept on on offense. Actually, pulled Jake Browning and put in the backup, and he didn't do too well. Um, and so they put Jake Browning back in. But that's a sign of some turmoil. You don't trust your QB or offense is inept and so I think Stanford will take advantage of that 
and they'll uh, apparently pull the upset. Uh, I think mm. something like thirty-one twenty-eight. Yeah, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. I'm not sure Washington even scores nine and a half points. Um, I just which is pretty crazy. I don't know, considering start of the season, uh, the what everybody thought. You got Jake Browning back, Chris Peterson, sure. the coach. It's just a it's a strange scenario. I mean, I don't think either you or I had any Pac-12 teams in our uh, original uh, early season rankings, and we were 100% right in that call, I believe. But, uh, yeah, even this is a, a further fall from grace than, than we could have predicted. Just uh, like I think I the top four completely correct as well. Just yeah. So, Stanford, I think, wins this one. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say something like... 35 to 14. Washington. Uh, I mean, Stanford. Stanford, not Washington. Uh, All right. We have Texas A&M ranked. Who the heck even knows anymore against Auburn, who is definitely not ranked. Auburn's favored to win by about five points. Noon game on ESPN. Hey, you can watch 12 hours of of SEC football. Oh, wait. This is ESPN, not CBS. All right. So... Do you think Auburn wins this one? Uh, no, I don't think so. It would um, seem weird to me. Yeah, I think you know. Um, I think Auburn's again put all their eggs in the beat Alabama basket. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, although Texas A&M didn't look great uh, at Mississippi State, it's at Auburn. Auburn's tough at home, allegedly. Uh, so uh, they might pull it out, but I think A&M's going to come in. I think they'll win. Uh, get get a win on the planes. I'm gonna say final score is gonna be 28, 21. Aggies. Okay, so you know they they have similar records. So they're both five and three right now. Um, Anum is three and two in conference. Auburn's two and three in conference. Um, so at least as far as those numbers are concerned, they're roughly evenly matched. Mm -hmm. What, what is Auburn playing for anymore? Like just a bowl game and they probably won't even get a decent one, but I don't know. Maybe this means more motivated. Maybe they're they're playing at home. Um, I'm going to say Auburn wins this one, but probably by three points, they don't cover. So, Good close game uh, ESPN at noon. I like that. Yeah, uh, so maybe maybe they win by four. Maybe 28-24. Like All it. right. And then we have UTSA playing at Legion Field against the one-loss UAB Blazers. The seven-win UAB Blazers, who are 21-and-a-half point favorites. So they're three touchdown favorites. Uh, I they get another shutout, obviously. Um, you know, maybe it's really not important how terribly they beat UTSA, um, but uh, maybe UTSA decides that they don't need a football program anymore and they shut it down. <laughs> so well, once people see how UAB came back, maybe everybody will just reboot. <laughs> that was actually on. In one of the articles I read, they recommended that maybe some other teams should take note, and they called out Florida State. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, go Knowles. UTSA is one of my favorite mascots out there, the Roadrunners. Oh yeah. So, um, but that doesn't mean anything about the game. They'll lose by a lot. Yeah. Actually, it does no. mean a lot about the game. When you're the Roadrunners, you're going to lose. All right. All right. Do you have any other games you want to talk about? No, I think that about covers it, man. All it's right. Let's get, wrap this up. to get back up. into the action here. I agree. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we came out of the gate slow, but uh, we finished strong. Anyway, for those of you out there... Uh, who are listening to us and don't remember how you did it, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, probably a bunch of other places. Uh, Please rate and review us. It really helps with our rankings. Uh, Until next week, uh, I'll catch you later. See you.